Welcome to the Issues of Sports. I am your co-host, Evan Makovsky, along with Rudy Rude Dog Reyes. And I guess today's issue that we're going to discuss is kind of crafting your legacy and how it, it's a complete picture. And the two two situations, I, I don't know if you want to call it situations, one person passing away, which is going to happen to most uh, human beings, if not all. But um, last Sunday on Mother's Day, John ja Morant, a video on Instagram emerged in which his friend uh, launched it, a uh, Instagram Live, I believe. And this is the second incident because Ja filmed himself in a club uh, holding a firearm just two months prior while in Denver. So that went on social media and a lot of the week was spent um, talking about if Ja is going to get what his suspension will be. How could he do this two months later? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We're not going to unpack everything here, but John Morant has now compromised his legacy already. He's his fourth year in the NBA. And um, now he's got two of these major inc incidents for a business that markets to, to children. And then um, just on Thursday evening, and it was announced on Friday uh, by his wife, Monique, Jim Brown passed away at 87 years old, maybe the greatest lacrosse player ever, the greatest uh, football player ever. I mean, really a man amongst boys, like LeBron before LeBron, just, you know, just think of him on the lacrosse field, just people in the 50s, 60s, people just bouncing off of him. He has such incredible strength and he's a civil rights activist as well. And I can say from personal experience, I have his number in my phone. When I was in St. Louis doing sports radio, I interviewed him. I don't know. I don't want to say regularly, but five to 10 times. He was nothing but classy. But at the same time, there's been domestic uh, violence type allegations against him and not just one there, there's been and he also went to jail in 1999 his wife called the cops and we're not here to unpack each one but it, it it still clouds and now it's part of the story that Jim Brown he was maybe he was all these things and he's given you know quotes about how he's it's not against women he says but he's acknowledged an anger problem an anger problem and just you know i don't know i just feel like a lot of this between ja and jim brown and that complicated story that um you know people are trying to sift through what they can accept what they're comfortable with what um what's crossing the line this person didn't break the law this person allegedly broke the law but there were cases that were you know dropped or this or that um so i just thought that uh you know a quick hitting podcast here on kind of you know that legacy is more than just your on-field performance and jim brown's legacy for being a civil rights activist gets elevated but also for these allegations and it's going to be clouded 
So I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Rude dog. Well, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things to really like about Jim Brown. And I'm going to start with all the, with all the great things. Every time they were in a championship game or near championship game, he was voted the MVP every single time. So his accolades on, on the football field. Yeah. You can attribute that to his uh, outstanding lacrosse plane and, and his ability to get in and out of traffic. I mean, it was something that, that most people can't even touch in regards to athleticism and the types mm-hmm. of ways that he actually did it. Being being an, an oarsman uh, certainly meant a lot more back in the day than obviously it does now with a wider, uh, wider audience, a wider NCAA landscape, and all the things that go with that. With yeah, that so, being- by the way, by the way, just because I'm Syracuse, there have been great, but yes, McNabb, Marvin Harrison, but you know, going back. Jim Brown went to Syracuse, and yes, he set the tone. Yeah, he set the (laughs) the number one. Yeah, Larry Zonko went to Syracuse. Larry Zonko, he sure did. Absolutely. Art Monk, who's in the Hall of Fame, went to Syracuse. So Syracuse was put out for like a spotty, not always great football program. Um, True. They put out certainly great. You know, Dwight Freeney's another person that was up for the Hall of Fame. But continue. Anyway, you were saying you were taking it about Brown at Syracuse. Well, I mean, he, he had done so much while there. I mean, a, a multi-sport athlete. Um, he just played at such an elite level, and every single thing that he touched, grabbed uh, on the field, uh, I'm, I'm shocking that he didn't take up basketball uh, to, to the extent where he could have. I mean, sure, he dabbled in it and played a little bit, but there's so many things to like about him and his play and what he did on the field. But off the field, there hadn't been any early instances of him, you know, battering women and the accusations that unfolded thereafter. Uh, and of course, when you reach a certain pinnacle of superstardom, as he did, of course, back in the day, th- those kind of monies in the 1960s weren't exactly um, fabulous. I mean, you can you look you look at uh, rock bands of the 1960s; their their contracts were only like two hundred thousand dollars, which is a pittance compared to what athletes get paid nowadays and rock bands get paid as well. However, in 68, the latter part of the sixties, he was booked on suspicion of assault. Again, suspicion. Everything has been relatively dropped or unproven or women have recanted their stories. Okay. So maybe women, and I'm not getting into speculation. I have no idea. So I don't want to be like, Oh, but some of the implications are that women, Drop the charges like they were made, like not like I mean, I could say like the mafia maybe got to them or like they realized they're going up. He was already when he was accused of throwing the woman in Hollywood off the balcony. That was he was living in L.A. He had just retired because he retired uh, at age 30, if not 29. I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but either way, he played. um, He retired and then he moved to L.A. to be an actor and he was accused of, he had a model 22-year-old girlfriend of, and the police found her semi-conscious and they found blood, but of, I don't know if he pushed her or whatever he did off of a 20-foot balcony. And they, she was, that's a full accusation. He was uh, uh, accused of basically attempted murder. Um, and right. Against I'm Marie- just saying, and, and she's, mm-hmm. she's, she's saying she fell. Okay, right. the, the his wife Monique in 1999 called the police and ba- begged the police, according to the Cleveland uh, Times dealer, or Cleveland Plain Dealer rather article, uh, that his wife called the police and then 
basically walked back, begged them not to arrest him, walked back. I'm, again, I am not there. I have no idea what happened. I'm just saying, so without getting fully too into unpacking each thing, but he does have violent, throwing a woman off a balcony is a- He has a tendency. A, a violent act, so, and he's acknowledged anger, but he says it's not, he, he never acknowledged that it's it's towards women. Yet there was another thing where he was in a golf match about ball placement, and he supposedly just literally assaulted the guy that he was playing with. And see, that's where, like, again, I'm, I am I wasn't there, but he got this, he got legally charged or whatever. But Jim Brown is one of the strongest human beings on the planet. Okay. So him beating somebody up is not the same. I mean, you're, you're, you're a bigger guy than me, but I mean, it's, and it, I know it's not always about size, but Jim Brown was, is stronger than 99% of humans watch his NFL. It's incredible the way that he drags defenders. And I'm just saying he's got to know, and that's what he, that he can't get. I don't know that he was pegged to be the monster that a lot of people actually put him out to be. I, I believe that based on his physicality, based on his stature, uh, based on the fact he went to be an actor in, in Los Angeles, uh, still a very imposing figure uh, on and off the field. And of course, as we get older, we all recognize uh, that we weren't the same people that we were at you know 20 years of age, 25 years of age. A lot of things have changed. His he went changed on. along with the times as his- well. But his went on, though, you know, where he had, I believe, I, I, I don't have the the rap sheet in front of me, but problems in the 60s, uh, I have to check if there were, if it was the 70s, definitely the 80s and the 90s. So he had problems along the lines with violence. And then he served four months in prison because he didn't want to do the community service that the judge he was sentenced to six in 1999 for the incident um, with his wife. Look, all I'm saying is that this is part of the conversation. Nothing more. He, it's I still part of the issue. The and- yeah, he's part of the best. I, he, he, I said he can be all those things. And I don't, you know, I'm saying that, but it happens to men in their 30s. And I don't know this for to be a fact, but I have heard. So I want to just say, you don't fact check this but that like that's the number one population for mental illness to like be diagnosed or come out so it's possible yeah Yeah, it's certainly possible it's certainly plausible i mean you look at the the early onset of of cte recently uh merrill hodge and jerome bettis had stated they would give up their brains uh for science so that they could be studied um which is I, I don't even know what to say to that. That's just I don't think though, I don't think Jim Brown will do it because he will look he at didn't. it if if his family will look at it as they're it's basically it's trying to explain his anger and and, and his behavioral issues. Right, right. And, and we so can talk about did. Antonio Brown. We can you know there's so many other players that, that have played sports in a reckless demeanor, and, and I don't mean necessarily on the field recklessly, but within their respective positions played recklessly. However, a lot of the things that I've seen from from Jim Brown, I mean, he he did have some violence counseling. He had sort of some community service and things of that nature. Um, but but of course, he, you know, he refused to do all of that. And instead of serving six months, he served four. So so again, those are all the bad things. The good things off. I don't know if that thing necessarily offset 
those bad negative run-ins, he was never formally charged with any of them, either because the women had recanted, as I had stated earlier, or they just said, well, potato, oh, potato, see, maybe I was overreacting. He had trials in 99. He was also, uh, for his terrorist threat, I guess, you know, don't take it like like world terrorists. Think think like, what does a terror do? terrorist do? They inflict terror. So he got charged with a terrorist threat in the wife incident. And he also got charged with like, I don't know if he smashed her car or what he did with the chair or Exactly. This is a, a, all according to reports. So, uh, but he got, they didn't, the terrorist charge didn't stick, but the vandalism charge did. And that's why he didn't want to do the community service and the whatever. But he acknowledged that he's got a, you know, smashing somebody's car mm. is definitely an advanced act of rage i'm not saying that i'm not sitting here to compare and i'm also not comparing what happened with john morant to what happened with jim brown because they're totally different inc incidents and whatever and one person's still playing the point is that your legacy the whole body of work like john morant is affecting his legacy and maybe he could pull a lesson here from jim brown who it wasn't his play is not in dispute. And he, you know, basically he was part of the sports community for the most of his life, giving interviews, speaking out on causes, uh, doing a lot of good in the world. So I, 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 all I'm saying is it's in the New York times sub heading under the headline that Brown is no known for, you know, uh, accused of abuse towards, towards women. And, and well, so the point is, is that is that this is a huge generational gap asking John Moran to go back and actually look at Jim Brown. Not that the letter J has anything to do with thing unless you're on Sesame Street. But but the fact alone that he did not have this connection with him, you have to understand someone's background. I mean, in, in its in its totality. John Morant is trending in a very negative direction. No, they didn't have IG. They didn't have Instagram back then. They didn't have social media back in the 60s. They had press. And they stated that, you know, it's better to have some press than no press at all. Well, this is bad press. Bad press for Jim Brown. It's bad press for John Morant. This is a self-inflicted wound. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to say a blanket statement here. For whatever reason, and I'm not going to call out this broadcaster's name by any means, but he was extremely insensitive and trying to compare apples and oranges on a very large platform stating that the lack of gun control has to do with John Moran's activities, which is completely fouled. It's irreprehensible to, to even equate those two. And secondly, it's just moronic that you have to, that you believe that your, your soapbox is big enough to have the conversation and put those comparisons to everyone who's watching. Shame on you. Well, what, what, Take me off about the, I think, same commentary was he said, you know, basically it's no big deal. I'm not paraphrasing. I'm not quoting. It's no big deal to, and I'm interpreting as well. It's no big deal that John Morant is not breaking the law, waving a gun on social media because there are mass shootings and we don't even care about mass shootings. That's not true. And that actually upset me. Like, I went to the Columbine. I lived in uh, Colorado in 98 to 2000 and Columbine in 99. The first one was in Littleton, 25 miles south of Denver. 
I, I went to the memorial. Uh, Eric Harris, Dylan Klebold, I remember their name. I went to, when I lived in California in 2015 to the Isla Vista UCSB shooting memorial as well. It, I don't think that this person whose name I almost said, who, who said that is, um, realizes, I think he means like we can't stop it which is true. I don't know how to stop it, which is a whole other conversation I don't want to tangent into, but that doesn't mean we don't care about it. And like, and, and like you know, you can, Aurora, Colorado, Den, those are the big ones. There are small ones. It's a major problem and why he's comparing that. And that doesn't, because because we can't stop that from happening is nothing to do with John Morant level of you know like it's not a big deal we can't stop like we don't care about you know mass shootings so we don't care about a 23 year old waving a gun on social media well bringing it back down to earth for half a second in that john morant no he didn't get busted there was no law broken okay fine we all understand that we know that we get it however the, the NBA has a clause for social media responsibility. And John Morant not only broke it once, but he broke it twice. Having a conversation initially with Adam Silver, it was, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'll do whatever you say, sir, whatever I need to do, sir. And in turn, slaps Adam Silver 100 miles per hour in a one-way slapping contest and goes on and does it again. Yeah, like that's, for the that's second a, yeah. time. Like that's you irreprehensible. Don't, you don't, yeah, you, he shoved it up Adam Silver's you-know-what. He did. He, he said, like he said, you know, Adam Silver was kind of like doing him a favor out the door. Don't screw me over, please. That's all I ask. You know, to just take this one bullet. Oh, that's the wrong uh, analogy, take one, I should say. Take, but take, take one take, for the take team. One, yeah, just take one for everybody. <laughs> Excuse right. me, I guess. Um, but people still use that in jargon and speak. Um, but please take this and then just don't screw me over and this will blow over and it will be minor. Now it's not minor. And I think, you know, you know, we can, we can wrap up here, but um, Adam Silver will suspend him for half a season. And I think he's going to say to him though, you got one more incident of this nature. And you're going to be out of the up. NBA, which is a job. It's an employment. It's not, this is nothing you did just like, most people's boss can fire them for any reason. The, the NBA, on top of the fact, as Rude Dog mentioned, there's a morality clause in the, which I'm sure gives the NBA plenty of latitude on what's moral, like where they're the judge on what. So John Morant would be a loss. He is a loss. He's a great player. He's an all-star. He's, uh, you know, biggest high flyer in the league. He's exciting. He seems like a good guy hopefully this is just him i hope he turns it around because and maybe it's not like you know so that the first time around and john moran went ahead and did right, it so again. but he's on note so he's good he's not going to get booted out for good this time but he has a chance now to really you know not ruin his career i mean i'm sure he's, he's gonna he's already cast it doesn't matter. He makes funny money, but it, he already has it. But, it, you know, he's, he gets suspended for 41 games. That's, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong. I, that, that, that might be 
it probably is, you know, somewhere in the eight figure zip code or whatever. It, it could be, but, but under you know, who's million. taking money out of his pocket is Nike. Nike decided, right. and there's a report out there, Nike has decided uh, to, to make themselves heard. They're, they're going to make a very firm stance here. And they've pulled, um, except for the current retailers that have his shoe already there, have decided to pull his shoe deal temporarily, uh, which is the right thing to do because kids, you know, as, well, as you stated from the onset buy, of the show. Would you buy your kid a John Moran shoe right now? Absolutely well, not. And to be quite honest with you, the only pair of shoes I would give them is probably Jordan's because he wasn't caught waving a gun. Um, and the, and obviously for all the wrong reasons is John Moran in the news here. He's done nothing right whatsoever. And we don't even want to go down that road no. in regards to Dylan yeah. Brooks and poking the bear in the Lakers series. But the, the fact alone that John Morant still has not learned uh, from what is self-inflicted is, is what has, it should have, and will continue to yeah. have others in an upheaval wondering Correct. what's really going on here. And is there going to be a solution to John Morant's issue. Now, you had stated earlier that 40 games, I would say 40 games minimum. I would also 41. say a penalty, maybe even 41 for all half that's the, Half the season. Ha half the season. But yeah. on top of that, find him, make him pay restitution, and force him to go to counseling on a regular basis with reports that are accountable by that counseling uh, body, whoever that may be. That's the only way that I foresee John Morant, A, learning his lesson, B, recognizing that he just simply can't do this and believe he's going to get away with it. And then thirdly, the NBA and Adam Silver will be satisfied, hopefully, uh, that if for some reason the Memphis Grizzlies get booted again uh, from another postseason run, that John Morant won't pull this type of idiocy uh, and, on social media for all to watch. I mean, I, I would, you would hope unless he's got, you know, some sort of that he never, you never know, but I, I, I hope that he turns this around. I, I think that the moral of today's episode is kind of everything affects your legacy and in turn with your legacy comes accountability and for better or worse, Jim Brown has wonderful qualities about him. He was an athletic marvel in the history of sports, okay? At multiple sports. He's considered the best football player, the best lacrosse player. He just was super strong, just super dominant. He was just ahead of his time. And, but as he's passed away at 87 years old, on top of being a civil rights leader, on top of living mostly, I, I believe he was, you know, trying. And like I said, I always had good personal dealings with him, but that that doesn't mean very much. But, you know, with his passing, there is talk in, you know, different articles, including Cleveland, including the New York Times about um accusations of violence against women and that's just part of his legacy and kind of he's being held accountable for it even in his passing and john morant now is going to have to go back into adam silver's office and i mean i do at least like his statement like words don't mean much because i mean 
you know, now Adam, so it's like, right, Adam, you Adam Silver. That's where you said to me he could get a season and it's possible. I don't think he will. But if Adam Silver, just because he, if he pulled back on time one, he could over punish him here on time two to make a point that you screwed me over. But I, I, I think it will still be half a season. But what, what are you going to say to Adam Silver? I mean, and that's why I don't buy that. Oh, he's just 23. He, he's shaping his legacy and he's kind of ruining. He's got a good thing going. You mentioned he's already had Nike's made a move already at, to at least pause. That's going to, he's already killed. Like we're saying, if you're a parent right now, you really, even if you're not even that bothered, you really can't buy your kid John Morant's shoe. So he's hurt himself already. So it's whether he's going to ruin his career. Um, Because like I said, I think Silver's going to say to him one more time, this is going to be for life and it's not going to be negotiable. It's just going to be automatic. I yeah, think that it, that it should be the three good. strikes. Uh, you're out. You're out. Yeah. Situation. Like using, that, using the baseball so analogy, he, he should know. Like you said, this is self-inflicted. That you know, yes, the the this was his buddy who was banned by the Grizzlies from attending home games because he got into a confrontation of sorts with Indiana Pacers staff. And the Pacers obviously complained to the league, and he got banned. But he went on Instagram live here before it was Ja doing it in Denver. So doing it on his Instagram. So, I mean, this no is not as Stephen a credit him said, it, this is not a TMZ reporter, like hunting him down, but um, you know, all he's being, he has a right to help Ja can still get there. He can still turn it around, but he is now teetering on ruining his legacy and he's going to be, accountable but so the biggest who, question is we have to ask is what do you want your legacy to be for all those viewers everybody is watching right now what do you want your legacy to be do you want to be known for the one who can't control yourself in social media who makes the wrong decisions not once but twice and then maybe a third time you don't have the uh, the ability uh, for any recourse whatsoever i mean what do you what do you expect to happen when you continually do the same thing over and over again, the same result and yeah, extensive results. Ins- that's the definition of insanity. And so is keeping this podcast going. So legacy matters. And it kind of, at the end, we're all going to, or during, we're going to be held accountable. So, you know, just some things to think about as we discuss here on the issues of sports. So for Rudy, Rude Dog, Reyes, I am Evan Emac Makovsky, and we will see you right here on the issues of sports on the next episode.